Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you for listening to Guerrilla Christianity, an unconventional, no-apologies exposition of God's grace. I'm Pastor Brett Walker. Renounce. It's not a word we use very often. It means to give up or put aside voluntarily. Today, as we look at the temptation of Christ in the wilderness, we reflect on what it means to renounce worldly things for a relationship with God. So grab your Bible, open it to Matthew chapter 4, and join us as we look at how God calls us to renounce. Please take out your Bibles, either the ones that you brought with you or the ones in your pews, and turn them with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Today we're going to be looking at the temptation of Jesus. As we begin our Lenten season, we are in a period of fasting and abstinence and penitence. It is a time when we reflect upon our relationship with God and all that He has done for us. The season of Lent is 40 days plus 6 Sundays, so it's 46 days, but it's 40 days plus 6 Sundays because it represents the 40 days that Jesus uh, fasted in the wilderness. And so, uh, let us look at the word of the Lord for us this morning. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Temptation is all around us, all the time, all the time. I work in an office during the week. I work in an office where there are a lot of IT workers. And if there's one thing that you need to know about people who work with computers, it is that they constantly need to be fed and caffeinated. And so there is always 
temptation at my office. Now, in the last year and three months, I have managed to lose a lot of weight. A lot of weight. Um, To the end that I was not healthy before. I was 300 pounds and I needed to lose some weight. (laughs) A lot of weight. And so it's very difficult for me in that office environment for two reasons. Number one, I'm sitting all day long. And number two, there's this parade of food that magically appears in our office conference room. Donuts and soft pretzels. And some really rotten person's wife works in a bakery and sends us the day-old croissants that are filled with cream. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know? What, what horrible person would do that? You know? Well, temptation, it's always around us. And the lesson here today is that even Jesus himself was tempted. But note that Jesus went to the cross having known no sin. Therefore, temptation does not equal sin. Temptation is temptation. It becomes sin when we give in to it. So let's look at this text today. We see in the text today three different ways that we as people are tempted. The first way is to serve our flesh over God. To serve our flesh over God. In my case... It was eating however I wanted, whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And so my flesh became my master over God. That's a form of idolatry. We look at the text that says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's the first thing that chapter 4 tells us. It says, He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards He was famished. Well, no kidding. He was hungry. He didn't eat for 40 days. Any of us would be hungry. But it was at that moment, it was at the moment of his greatest weakness, when his body was crying out for food, for sustenance. Then the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be loaves of bread. He challenges him. He challenges him. First of all, he challenges the notion that he's the Son of God, but of course he knows that he is. Satan knows who Jesus is. Of course he does. But he says to him, well, if you are the Son of God, then command these stones to be bred. At his moment of weakness, at the time when he is at his hungriest, he hasn't eaten in 40 days, His body is crying out. And Jesus denies His body, saying, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He chooses God over His own body. He chooses God over His own body. Now, don't get me wrong. Fasting is not about 
hurting yourself. God never asks us to inflict pain upon ourselves. But fasting is bringing our bodies into submission. Because this body is just a vessel. This body is just a holding place. This body is just something that we live in while we are on earth. Well, how long are we on earth? A hundred years? There's a woman in Japan now who's 116 years old. She was actually born in the, 19, in the 1800s. Can you believe that? That's extraordinary. But what's 100 years? What's even 116 years compared to the eternity that we spend with God? Eternity. This body is just a vessel. It's just something that we live in. When we go to be with God, we will be glorified. Just as Jesus was transfigured on the mount in front of His three disciples, we also shall be glorified. This body is temporary. It will wither and die. Yesterday I was at a a conference with uh, some lawyers who were talking about estate planning for people who have uh, children with disabilities. And the one lawyer said, the, the thing that I, I always get, this statement, you know, I want, to plan, I want to plan to take care of my children if I die. If I die, I want this, hap- this to happen for, for my children. If I die, and he says, no, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. This body will die. It's a, it's a fact. So who do we serve? Do we serve our temporary, temporal body? Or do we serve the eternal God? Jesus chose God. The second way that we are tempted is putting God to the test. Putting God to the test. I remember before I was a believer, I struggled with the idea of God. And I would say silly things like, you know what, God, if you exist, make these flowers blaze into flame. Go ahead. Do it. Nothing. Well, that proves God doesn't exist. You know? What happened with Jesus? The devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, so that you will not, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. He saw that Jesus, first of all, combated his first temptation with Scripture. He turned Scripture against him. So the devil says, fine, you can use Scripture, I can use Scripture too. He quotes from the Psalms. But Jesus said to him, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. We shouldn't put God to the test. Well, God, if you were there, then do this awesome thing. 
That's not the relationship that we are to have with God. The relationship that we are to have with God is one of faith and trust. When we question God, and don't get me wrong, God answers questions. But there's a difference between a question and a challenge. The question is, God, I don't understand why you did this. And sometimes God's answer is, just wait a minute. Wait a while and and you will see. There's a plan. God has a plan. God doesn't live in the moment like we do, but He lives in eternity's past and eternity's future, and He knows all things. So, He knows a little bit better than we do what's coming and what will happen. You should not put the Lord your God to the test. The third way that we are tempted is living by the world's standard rather than God's. The world tells us you have to have the latest and greatest. You have to be on the forefront of technology. So you need to have that 110-inch curved TV. They have curved TVs now. I don't know why they're curved. But it looks cool, I suppose. Um, And you need... Well, because you have that 110-inch TV, now you need a bigger house. In fact, if you have a bigger house, it shows everybody out there how affluent you are. But you can't... You can't take your house everywhere you go. So you need a a really expensive car, you know, so that you can show people just how affluent you are. You're successful. But, well, you can't take your car everywhere you go, so you need to have really nice clothes and very nice jewelry and and, an expensive watch and, and all this stuff. The world tells us that success is defined by what we have. And God tells us that success is defined by who we have. We have Him. We have God. Everything we could ever want or need has already been supplied by Him. The devil took Him to a very high mountain and showed Him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And He said to Him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. What in the world can you offer the Son of God that will make Him turn against the Father? An act of desperation. All the kingdoms of the world, as if all the kingdoms of the world didn't already belong to Him. But Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. When we bow to what the world tells us is success, we are bowing to the world. We are bowing to the world's idea of success. Those who chase after money are practicing a form of idolatry, worshiping the almighty green. 
But success, again, is not measured in what we have. Success is measured in who we have. Christ Jesus came and died for us, for our sins. He knew no sin and took our sin to the cross. What else do we need? What what, what do we really need? That's what we need to ask ourselves. What do we really need? Food, shelter, clothing, transportation if you have a job. Those Those are the four walls of security, as Dave Ramsey puts it. Food, clothing, shelter, and transportation. And as long as you have those four things, what else do you really need? What else do you really need? As long as those four things are met. The world tells us that success is measured in dollars. God tells us that success is measured in faith. In faith. You know, temptation has been around ever since the very beginning. We read this morning the account in Genesis where the serpent tempted Eve. And it really didn't take a whole lot. What was the temptation that he offered her? It wasn't the fruit itself. He said that God doesn't want you to eat the fruit. He says, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, exalting ourselves, lifting ourselves up to be equal to God. Who does he think he is? God? Well, yeah. He created everything out of nothing. He spoke the universe into existence. Who is like him? No one. But the first temptation was to make ourselves like God. Living by the world standard. Serving our flesh over God. Putting God to the test. You know, but God doesn't tempt us. God is not the one who tempts us. Temptation comes at the hands of the tempter. The world. The prince of the world. In James chapter 1, he said, No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Then when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Temptation does not equal sin. Temptation comes before sin. Like I said, you know, we have this parade of food. How many of you have ever seen uh, Fantasia? You know the scene where uh, the broomsticks keep multiplying and multiplying and coming and coming, and they keep dumping the water. It's like that at my office with the food. It's just this constant parade of food. 
And when it starts to get low, someone else brings something else, you know. And... But it's temptation. Now, I'll walk into that conference office five, six, ten times a day, and many times I'll look at it and I'll just go, no, walk away. And sometimes you look at it and, oh, I didn't see that donut there. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) You know, I hate to say it, Boston creams are my weakness. They really are. Boston creams and also the powdered sugar donuts, I've got to stop. So... (laughs) But you, the temptation is there. Just because the temptation is there, it doesn't mean that I have to give in to it. You know, and it's a battle between me and my flesh. But God doesn't put the donuts on the table to tempt me. You know, the, the guy's wife does, but you know. No, I, temptation comes from the world. Temptation comes from Satan. And I know people... Today, they don't like to think about, well, Satan's just like out there wringing his hands going, oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to eat that donut. But sometimes that's exactly what he's doing, you know? How did Jesus turn away from temptation? When his body was at his weakest, his spirit was at its strongest. It's the purpose of fasting. We deny our flesh so that we can say yes to God. And God strengthens us. Remember, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus combats temptation with Scripture. That Scripture I just quoted, Philippians 4.13, it's one that I cling to When I feel weak, when I feel like giving up, when I feel like giving in, when I feel like taking that donut, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Really, I mean, what is that donut going to give me? A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, right? Well, it gives you temporary pleasure. And then once that pleasure is gone, you seek to get it again. And again, and again, it's a pleasure that never satisfies. The only pleasure that satisfies completely is a relationship with God. A relationship with God satisfies completely. We are full to overflowing when we have God's Spirit within us. Jesus combated temptation with Scripture. It helps if we know God's Word. And we can pull those quotes out when we need them. They're like an arsenal. They're like a quiver of arrows. Or as the writer of Hebrews said, Indeed, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is a sword. It's described by Paul in the book in his letter to the Ephesians as the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. This this holy word is not just 
a book of things that we're not supposed to do. But it's God's Word to each and every one of us. And we can draw our strength from it. But in order to do that, we have to be diligent and stay in God's Word daily. Be diligent and stay in God's Word daily. Little practices. You can pick up the the Bible and just read a chapter. Or you can get a daily devotional that begins with Scripture. Like the upper room or the, our daily bread. We keep those here. And you can just take one and, and each day spend a little time in God's Word. Let it speak to you. Let it get into you. And Psalm 119 says, I have, hidden my, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's word is powerful. And it drives the tempter away. That is my mantra. When I walk into the conference room and the donuts are sitting there, that's what I say. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't need those donuts. You know, I have something better. It's a relationship with God, and it's something that God has given me. What can be greater than that? Being tempted does not mean that we sin. Sin is the fulfillment of temptation. And we see in this example that that Jesus did not sin. Although he was tempted. Although he was tempted. Let us heed the example of Christ. Temptation will certainly come, but when temptation comes, we may drive it away by the sword of God's Spirit, the very Word of God. Remember Psalm 119. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. By being intentional about being in God's word every day, we arm ourselves against temptation. This Lenten season, we often talk about things that we give up, like sweets or caffeine or anything like that. But rarely do we talk of taking something up. So I'd like to challenge each of us to take up God's Word each day during this season of Lent. It could be as simple as reading a daily devotional, or it can mean devoting time each day to read through God's Word. Take up the sword of the Spirit and arm yourself against temptation. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your holy word. We have hidden your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. We pray for strength against the tempter's snares. We ask that you would grant that we, your children, would be able to turn away from temptation when it comes. And let our lives be a testimony to your greatness. For it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. 
If you live in the Salem County area, you can join us in person. Ebenezer United Methodist Church in Auburn holds its worship service every Sunday at 9 a.m. And Hudson United Methodist Church in Pedricktown holds its worship service at 10.30. We also have Bible study during the week. If our message has touched you in some way, won't you let us know in the comments? We hope you'll join us again for Guerrilla Christianity. God bless you.